0: Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast. Uh, Today, we're going to do something a little different. Um, Obviously, there's a lot going on in the world as a whole, I guess, really the United States, we can just say that. Um, And, you know, everybody knows what's been going on. And pretty much across all sports, there is a showing of solidarity. And teams and players are refusing to take the court or the ice or the field uh, to kind of show their support of what is going on in the world when it comes to inequality and racial injustice. And I have been going back and forth with, uh, his name is Hari Nair. I, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that wrong. When he comes on, he'll correct me if I have pronounced that wrong. But Hari and I have been going back and forth with emails for a few weeks now. And we have been planning to do a show about this, uh, and his experiences being a person of color, uh, when it comes to his life and, and he's a big hockey fan and you know, how people view him as a person of color who likes hockey, which is not really something that we talk about a lot and talk about enough. And he was going to come on and talk about a wide variety of things. And we had been going back and forth about when should we do this. We, you know, I, I wanted to jump at the opportunity for him to come on, uh, but I didn't want it to get lost in everybody's excitement of sports coming back and hockey coming back and the playoffs being back. And we kept we kept just saying like, well, let's, you know, I, I'd really want to put out these this episode or episodes, um, where it can be the focal point and not get I guess lost in the excitement of hockey so we kept, we just said well let's just wait till the season is over whenever that may be or if there's a period of time when we have a couple days where not much is going on in between series or something like that we can release it then and then all of this stuff started happening in Wisconsin and um, it's kind of like here we go again and people are kind of fed up So, you know, he emailed me and, and I was in agreement and I was like, you know what, there's, there's no perfect time to do this. There's no, why wait, why wait? And let's just do it now. So, um, he's going to jump on the line with me. This might be a little bit of a longer episode and I think it needs to be, if it is, it is. Um, if we have to break it up into co- a couple episodes, which I don't want to do, I'd, I'd really just want to just release this all at once. This isn't something where you have a cliffhanger and ha- have people coming back for more the next day. That just doesn't feel right. So if this is a little bit longer, so be it. But it's necessary. Um, so let's get to that now. We're gonna get Hari on the line, and um, we're just gonna we're just gonna have a conversation about this as a whole, and obviously how it affects the sports community and just people in general. So let's let's get him in on the call. All right. Welcome back. And like I said in the intro, joining me, and uh, I got his uh, name pronunciation right, it's Hari, is on the line with me right now. And yeah. say that again. Oh, yeah, Hari. Okay, yeah, and um, so I, I, I apologize for your, your first uh, time coming on the show to be under these circumstances, but uh, it's also kind of necessary. So um, before we kind of dive into wherever this conversation leads us, why don't you just kind of introduce yourself to everybody? Uh, We've we just got your name out of the way. What do you do? You're obviously an Avalanche fan. Throw anything out there that you uh, want the people to know about you.
0: Sure, sure. Uh, Yeah, my name is Huddy. I've been, you know, I'm kind of a uh, Colorado sports fan. I uh, I mean, my 40s have been Colorado sports my whole life. Uh, Became an Az fan in the 90s, and it was a pretty easy time to become an Az fan because they were great, um, you know, back and forth. Kind of like the Beatles, and uh, especially Forsberg, was my favorite player, and it was You know, hard not to become a hockey fan if you got a chance to watch Forsberg play. Mm. Um, So, yeah, and at the time in the 90s, um, like, things were a little different. There wasn't, like, social media, and there wasn't, you know, like, all the internet uh, interaction and things like that, so... Um, I could just kind of enjoy the hockey and not get involved in like the hockey culture aspect of it. Um, and you, I kind of probably started as a bit of a, you know, I guess a bandwagon fan because, like, the Avs came to town in '96 and they were, or '95, I guess, um, the '95-'96 season, and they yeah. were this great, made great team. They traded for law. I wasn't necessarily paying attention to them at the time. Um, and I basically started watching during the Stanley Cup Finals because I had been a Bronco fan when I was a kid in the 80s. Nice, nice. And uh, three heartbreaking Super Bowl (laughs) experiences, three and four years, and like every single one was worse after the other. So I kind of thought color sports teams were cursed, and then (laughs) this new team comes to town, and all of a sudden they're in the Stanley Cup Finals, and I watched – the game four and this triple overtime game. And, you know, like it was my – Yeah, I I did watch uh, the game two before that. So I'd only really watched the two games. So, you know, it wasn't like I'd been following the team a whole lot, but um, that overtime was pretty exciting to watch. And then they scored and they won. And maybe it was just like transference from all that disappointment from Broncos. (laughs) Right. I it was like celebrating like it was, you know, like I'd been a fan for 20 years, even though the team didn't even exist in Colorado for a year at that time. But so anyway, um, you know, I think it took me about maybe about three years. Like uh, the 99 playoffs was probably by uh, that time I was like a serious diehard fan. I've kind of been a serious diehard as fan since – um, and then like probably around the, I started getting connected with, uh, some of the online community in probably the early two thousands, 2003, maybe, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So when I started kind of encountering some of the, the hockey culture, um, and, you know, just kind of like, so I guess one thing is, I don't know, when this, as we go on in this conversation, mm. it's probably going to be, obviously, like, political stuff is a little unavoidable. Sure. You know, I'll try not, you know, to badger people with it. But, like, you know, I think, you know, me being, I'm, I'm you know, pretty, like, obviously, I'm a, I'm a person of color, I'm East Indian American, Mm -hmm. I'm fairly lefty in my politics. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think sports fan, you know, uh, like an anti-racist lefty sports fan for like all these years, I pretty much always have to confront politics that I don't like watching sports. So when people say like, keep the politics out of sports, I'm like, yeah, it's always been in sports. It's just not the politics that you object to. Right. Um, yeah, you know, I've been dealing with it all this time, so I'm not shedding tears for anybody who has to deal with it now. Yeah, but why but, is it? Uh, why, why
1: is it that that sports has to, uh, you know, remove politics from uh, their that profession? Why why is it okay for music to have politics involved in them? Why is it okay for like Hollywood and you know actors and actresses to bring up political stuff? But sports guys are just, you know, the phrase "shut up and play basketball." You know, why is that the? the well, yeah, I, mean,
0: I feel like it's been a myth that that, like I just said, it's always been part of politics of all part of sports, and people tend to be, you know, like they're fine with uh, their politics being in in the media that they appreciate, but they'll object to it when there's something they disagree with. You know, that can happen on both ends of the political spectrum, but um, you know, I can assure you that like I've always had to engage with politics. I don't like watching sports. So it's always been, it's always been there. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I just think that, you know, for people on certain end of the spectrum, we haven't had to deal with politics that they disagree with too much. And so it might be a new thing for them. So now they're, right, right, right. you know, complaining about it. But, <laughs>
1: yeah so um i i I guess you know the the part that we should start with is is what's happening right now um yeah all 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 the sports are are kind of you know pretty much doing the same thing basketball kind of took the reins on we're we're not we're not playing um and then all these other sports are following suit hockey just a few hours ago um announced that they are not going to play their games thursday or friday um yeah. i guess i guess what what's your mentality on everything as a whole right now um and this show of like solidarity and uh the the players and teams not going out and kind of uh staying off the ice or the court um I guess just what's your general consensus on that particular uh, movement and just things as a whole.
0: Well, you know, the, uh, the issue of uh, police brutality and, uh, you know, black people being targeted uh, and, you know, and really, there being no sense of justice or accountability when um, police use like lethal force against Black people is something that's bothered me for a long time. It's not you know, <clears throat> you. I mean, I you know, I've been supportive of the Black Lives Movers, sorry, Black Lives Matter movement since it started in 2014. Um, so, you know, and. Like, that's not when the issue started. It's been an issue since, I mean, oh,
1: sure. really,
0: like, police, modern policing started as slave patrols. So it's been generations that this has been ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that I've been aware of. Um, like, the recent events have weighed on me heavily, uh, you know. So, and, you know, 2020 has just been a, Terrible year. Terrible. For so many reasons.
1: Yeah. Well, what I was saying was like uh, it, it, we we typically in December look back and say that was a terrible year, and think like oh I can't wait for the next year to come, and the next next year is going to be the best year, and and we started saying I think in like March that 2020 was already horrible, and then right. it, and it's, it's just it's gotten worse from from there. Uh, the most recent, obviously, being. What's going? What happened in Wisconsin, and the Jacob Blake issue? What uh, you know, and 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 forget about the sports side of things right now. Just that that event. Like, what was your when you saw it? What was your take on it? I mean, even from me, it was just like, like this happened again. Like, yeah, we're uh, here again.
0: I didn't want to wa- I didn't watch the video. actually I haven't even seen the George Floyd video. Um, this stuff is really like it wreaks havoc on my mental health to see these things and I, I know what's going on so I really feel like I, I need to mm-hmm. traumatize myself. but just yeah hearing it was happening again was extremely depressing and then um, you yeah, know some of the things that happened with the protests and the, the kid who uh, mm. Yeah, Uh, we killed some people, and the way the police responded, and even the way that some of the people on the right are, you know, excusing what this kid did, and you know, even making him a hero is really disturbing. So, um, yeah, I mean, this stuff has really been weighing heavily on me, um, and like when it comes to sports, like when sports returned. Honestly, I was already so, you know, feeling so like down about everything, you know, we didn't even talk about COVID. Uh, That's just, you know, piling up on everything that I was kind of welcoming sports as a respite. Just, just something that I can, you know, focus on to keep my mind off of everything. Sure. So, you know. The Avs, especially, uh, were playing well. And like, I remember when uh, that first round robin game in St. Louis, uh, not a score of one right. seconds, I mean, like, I actually felt really exhilarated and good for the first time in months. You know? Yeah. So it was, it was, you know, that was welcome. And then, so this week happened. and... Yeah, you know, it started with the uh, Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Bucks, um, right. boycotting their game, and of course they're a Wisconsin team, and it led to this kind of chain reaction to um, where a lot of other sports leagues, uh, like the and, WNBA.
1: And did that bother you that the the NHL didn't uh, react quicker or quick enough?
0: In your you know, opinion. like it's not I mean, I don't know the, the speed of the reaction is what bothered me, but like the way that they, they reacted did bother me. Um, specifically, the moment of reflection um, and there was like a 27 second moment of silence. I couldn't even I didn't even watch the whole video. Like they said, you know, we wish the family of Jacob Blake well and it's kind of a classically tone deaf um, reaction from the NHL, and you know, like for me being a longtime fan of hockey, and but having to kind of deal with these tone deaf aspects of it, especially when it comes to racism and certain aspects of the hockey culture, um, you know, I did kind of feel like the, s- the straw that broke the camel's back, where. Just, you know, like I, I didn't necessarily expect them to stop playing, although I think it would have been the right move just for like, you know, eventually they did. Yeah. Um, but it would have been a little better if they had done it yesterday, if they had been able to kind of read the situation and say, like, you know, what, we're going to stand in solidarity with. Yeah, know, the NBA players sure. and other sport leagues that have stopped playing. Um, yeah, I guess right. my concern is that, like, you know, I became a hockey fan because you we know, have this great team in Colorado. But, like, if uh, hockey is going to be an inclusive sport to other people of color, you know, a lot of these things tend to be a bad look, you know. And sure. <clears throat> the way that people respond to it sends a message about like what the NHL is. Uh, I feel like the NHL often has wanted to toe this line between um, making the keeping the kind of there is like a toxic kind of racist fan base in hockey that I've encountered when I started to encounter when I started going online. Really, like, with these online hockey teams. So, so, yeah, so I mean, Talk
1: about that. I mean, like, <clears throat> yeah, because you I, would you say? I mean, it, not that, not that this matters, but is, is is hockey? Would you say your favorite sport, or no? Is your like may, maybe your main allegiance to football or wherever it is?
0: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I would say you know just from the pure aesthetics of it. Okay. Uh, hockey is my favorite sport. So having, so
1: having said that, that you know, hockey is the sport that you follow. Can, ha, have you gotten looks like sideways, like what? Why? Why is this guy a hockey fan? Like what? You know, he. Yeah,
0: yeah the really, yeah.
1: Um, so I mean, well, you, yeah,
0: both from like hockey fans and from like my friends who. Are, and one thing is that has kind of happened is that I, for whatever reason, I haven't had a lot of friends who are hockey fans. Like, mm-hmm. I have some friends who are football fans. I have friends who are basketball fans. And I got, you know, a lot of friends who aren't sports fans at all. Sure. So, like, I got one friend who, like, every time he realizes that I'm like, interested in hockey, like, he acts like it's the first time that he's heard about this and actually, you're into hockey? <laughs> and then, yeah, just like this. I think it's become an inside joke at, at some point. But, yeah. Cause yeah. there's a perception of hockey that it's kind of this, uh, well,
1: uh, yeah. And, and even, even
0: white, kind of redneck sport. Sure. Well, yeah. Sure and, I don't and, think it's fair, but.
1: and even, even you saying like you're a hockey fan, that might come as like, you know, shock number one to somebody. And then, then you start, uh, and we, and you know, we have not had many conversations about hockey itself, but, um, the few that we've had, you you seem like knowledgeable on the sport. And then that must be like, oh my God. And you know about like certain, you know, aspects of the game. And it's like, well, why wouldn't why just you're going off of literally the guy's color of his skin to say, number one, I'm surprised you like hockey. And number two, you know about it. Like you know what icing is and what forward is. You know what I mean? Oh like God. it's like, why But that's where, that's where the mentality comes from.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, like, it's both, like, part of the hockey culture and part of the outside perception of hockey, Uh, and neither of which I think is is good for the sport. Um, So I think, you know, everybody who is involved in the sport should be motivated to change this because, um, first of all, you know, we're in uncertain times, like, who knows what's going to happen with sports in the near future. Um, right. But, like, hockey needs to be bringing in as many new fans as possible. And so, you know, some of this messaging that, you know, they've kind of failed with recently, um, especially yesterday, when they put out this perception that, you know, and I do think that the NHL doesn't want to offend they kind of hardcore fan base, which doesn't want to address this racism and kind of likes that maybe likes that it's a mostly white sport, you know, but at the same time they want to include, you know, people of color and women and be more inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it doesn't really work like that. Like if, you know, um, I, you know, I'm not super vocal about racism when I talk about hockey like, online and stuff like that. Right. But whenever I am, I mean, just yesterday for the first time, i started being vocal about it. And I got inundated by racist trolls, which I think is a pretty common experience for people who are talking about, you know, racism and hockey. Right. Um,
1: so what do you think of, of, um, <clears throat> The initially the the statement that a lot of um teams and leagues were saying was you know just take uh basketball, like they're they're not going to play yesterday. I don't think they played today. Um and guys like LeBron James were coming out saying, like, I'm done like for this year. Like I'm gonna hang it up for this year. And I think all of the Lakers said that, all of the Clippers said that, and I think discussions were had from what I read all night long and they kind of changed their tune and now they're going to, you know, they, they had their two days uh, where they didn't play and now they're going to come back and hockey has two days, um, Thursday, Friday, and then they're going to come back on the weekend. Do you think long-term it does anything to not stick. Cause when, when LeBron James said I'm done for the year, that's what I wanted to see. I like, fine. I, I get it. Like taking, you know, uh, a boycotting for a day and saying like, you know, we, this, um, we're not going to play today. Number one, because this is just not the right time. Uh, we're sick and tired of this stuff happening. We're not going to play today. Fine. What I, I think a bigger statement is something like the road, the Lakers and Clippers were going down of, we're not going to play this year. I just feel like that would have more of an impact than them coming back and playing after a couple days off. What, what do you think in the, in that aspect?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, I think I probably would have sent a stronger message, although, you know, none of this is really going to move the needle a great deal. It's all about like, it's just one step along the way. So, um,
1: well, because to, to me, the, and I mean to cut you off, but the, the, the to me like the, the thing where people will start noticing, and when I say people, I mean the people who run the country. Um, where they start noticing is when you start hurting their pockets and their bank accounts right. and their bottom line. And the way to do that is to just not play. Now you might not get paid in the process. I don't think a guy like LeBron James really cares. uh, But the, you know, the 12th guy on the bench might care that that they're, you know, they're going to take the rest of the year off. I don't know. Um, But that's where things sadly, sadly enough, that's where things start happening is when the money is involved. Um, Yeah,
0: that's, that's definitely true.
1: You know what I mean? So, um, I think doing that, like take taking the stand for these 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 few days, sure. I mean, it, it, it's known. Like everybody is everybody knows about this. But when does this just get lost in the news cycle of? Oh, remember a month ago when the athletes took a day off, and nothing's really changed since then. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that's a danger. Um, so if they do return to play, you know they they're definitely going to need to keep pushing the conversation. And, and then I, am especially with the NHL. I'm skeptical that there's going to be action done along those lines. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you're right. That's uh, a good point. Uh, like in general, like striking. Um, and hurting the bottom line, the dollars, mm-hmm. uh, is going to send the strongest message. Um, And yeah, that goes not just to, uh, to sports, but like everything in general. So I think uh, that's going to be a strategy that uh, people have to use to elicit change uh, for a lot of the, the strife that we're dealing with right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, You know, if they do return to play, it seems like they're, they're going to end up returning to play. Um, it's the player's decision. I mean, if they, if they had discussed it amongst themselves and decided that that's what they want to do, um, I'm okay with that. But, I, you know, I'm just interested to see what else they're going to do to continue driving the message forward. Um, I'm not sure what they're going to do. Um, I hope that they have something effective. Um, I'm not necessarily objecting to them returning to play if that's the decision. Right. Uh, but you're right.
1: But you're right. It's like, like th- th- this will have more of a, a meaningful impact um, if the conversation, the dialogue, and uh, you see things happening beyond this if it's just back to normal business as usual, th- this won't have staying power whatsoever, but um, it, it's, it's the the people above us um, where it needs to happen. And it just seems like it doesn't happen um, at all. They just let the cycle go. And then when it comes back around again, they just wait it out. Um, and I I thought, and I keep going back to him because he was very vocal about it, about LeBron James, but he, he was, he was angry and hundred percent rightfully so. And right. I wasn't involved in those, you know, those overnight conversations. Uh, maybe he thought, well, you know, me being visible, me being on the court, um, I have more of a voice doing that than if we don't play the rest of the year. And then I have my, you know, social media account which there's a lot of people that follow him on that. But uh, I think he, I think maybe he came around to the idea of uh, we can do more if we do return to play and we're still all in this together. We're still, if we, if we all say that we're not playing and the season's over and we all go back to our own houses, now we're all individual pieces that all spread about spread over the country and all doing our own individual thing through our social media accounts and through interviews. But if we go back to play, um, we can address this night in and night out because you're going to be doing post-game interviews every single night, then address it there. And if somebody wants to ask you about right. yeah, they run, think- ask you about the game, how the game went say, well, we won the game or we lost the game. I'd rather talk about this and do that night in and night out. Right. And then maybe people will wake up to it.
0: Yeah. And one of the other uh, NBA players, I can't remember who, it wasn't LeBron James, but, uh, somebody had brought up that point is that we have a platform when we're playing and like, if we're not playing, um, we can be ignored. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I don't know what the right answer is. Um, all I know is that I hope that eventually, um, things change and, you know, for me, like I've, Looked more to like our politicians than Mm -hmm. I have athletes. Um, Although maybe, maybe it's just going to require athletes driving with pressuring the politicians and the politicians following, sadly. Um, You know, our state of politics isn't particularly great. So if that's how it has to be done, so be it. Uh, But yeah, you know, I certainly wish that we could have, we could. Count on our politicians to drive these um, issues forward, but it doesn't well, seem to be the
1: case. That that but and this kind of goes back to the beginning of our conversation. I I just find it so funny that you know we always want to we always think we can turn to politicians and and they will be the ones to do what is right, put policy in place of what is right, um, and. You know, they've let us down many times and they will let us down many times in the future. And how we said in the beginning, how, you know, athletes get a raw deal on, like, oh, why are you getting involved in politics? Well, it almost seems like athletes get more done because they're athletes in pressuring people in the government to do something. And if it wasn't for athletes, uh, we could probably have a laundry list of things that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for an athlete pressuring somebody in. Washington to get something done.
0: Yeah. Like that may be the case. I'm not sure if uh, like, I'm not sure if I can think of any specific examples from where like an athlete, like successfully pressured, you know, some kind of uh, policy change or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. maybe some examples, maybe this will set a precedent. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I did find it interesting. And I think when I first contacted you, um, it actually had to do, like, you know, the, uh, the NHL players are being asked um, about racism. And I think Ryan Clark, is um, a, a black uh, hockey writer who covers the ass for the Athletic. It's been kind of making a point to ask a lot of the players this. And especially, you know, the white players, they typically don't have very good answers. Um, He asked Nathan McKinnon about this a couple weeks ago. That's right. Yeah. And so, you know, he didn't have a great answer. Um, He got dragged for it pretty hard. Um, Like his... To paraphrase his answer, he basically said, um, you know, he talked about his black friends and, and he's asking questions of his black friends. Um, <clears throat> and so, it's, so there's a couple of ways in which that was a bit tone deaf. One is that the black friend trope is often used by people when they're accused of being racism i got a black friend so it's a loaded trope and generally it's should be avoided uh there's it's probably not much of a reason for people to bring up their black friends right unless you're specifically talking about a black friend and then you use their name you're talking about yeah and then and also use you know asking questions and like, you don't necessarily want to, like, if you're a white person who wants to learn about racism, like, if you're engaging in a conversation with a person of color, a black person, a person of color, and they're kind of a willing participant in it, um, that's fine. But, like, it can be, uh, it's not always the most... uh it can be a difficult conversation for people to have with, uh, you know, people of color to have with white people. So you want to make sure that they're willing to have it. And and that could have been the case with Nathan McKinnon. But as far as uh, just kind of putting that message out there, you know, there's a couple of problematic aspects of it. I thought, you know, some of the reaction was a little overboard just because like I was saying, um, you know, we don't necessarily have politicians who do a better job of, answering questions like that. Mm. And, you know, to me, like, you know, I do feel like we need to hold our politicians to a higher standard. That's probably sure. a, a different conversation. Um, mm. There are a couple of criticisms that I didn't really agree with. Uh, one was that I guess Nate um, likes hip hop, is sort of, you know, famously into hip hop and then black he
1: culture. He is, right, right.
0: Um, and I don't know... Like, I haven't listened to hip-hop really since the 90s. so I'm not, like, super up-to-date with modern hip-hop or I don't know the kind of hip-hop that he listens to. Right. There's some hip-hop that's more socially conscious and other hip-hop that's, you know, a little bit more, like, male egocentric about money and women and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I'm good. I mean, you know, I'm not familiar with the artists that Nathan McKinnon is into. I'm going to guess that he's probably into more of that kind of stuff. So. Like, I don't think, you know, white kids who are listening to hip-hop are going to automatically have a, a better understanding of issues of race. Um, like, I, I don't know if you've seen Do the Right Thing. Uh, oh, is, my God, yeah. It's been a while, but yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's yeah the movie funny. came out in 1989. Yeah. There's a scene in that where John Turturro, who's a blatantly racist guy, he's having a right. comedy. With Mookie, who's played by Spike Lee. Yeah, um, and you know, Spike's asking him, Who, "Who's your favorite musician?" He says Prince. Who's your favorite basketball player? Magic Johnson. Who's your favorite uh, comedian? I think said like Eddie Murphy. Right. But you know, he hates black people. This so. <laughs> has been an issue that's ongoing. Right. Like white people like aspects of black culture. And it's not, you know, it doesn't necessarily make them less racist or more aware sure. of issues of race. So, right. You know, and if he had said some, you know, instead of saying, talking about Black Friends, he had been like, well, I listen to hip-hop. That would have probably been a worse answer than bringing up Black Friends. <laughs> uh, me. And then I guess so this is something that I was totally unaware of because I don't really pay attention to the players personal lives. I guess mm-hmm. he dated a black actress.
1: Yeah, and I, I I'm the same thing with you, man. Like I, I don't I don't care who they're dating and how long, right. they're, you know. I, and and um somebody. has you know,
0: that means nothing to me. That's no, like,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> like you're not like I hope like you know, like just because uh, you know, it, I mean, it's just as ridiculous as expecting a guy to be less sexist if he dates a woman. I mean, just because he's dating a woman of color, I mean, guys, you know, they're attracted to who they're attracted to doesn't make them, it's not going to make them less sexist or racist or anything like that. Right. So um, so, like, you know, those particular criticisms, uh, like, those can be problematic if they go in a different direction. Um, So do you
1: you think that, because the NHL being predominantly white, um, do you think – which kind of uh like stand do do they have in terms of will people listen to them uh because they they are predominantly white sport, or do you think that uh and, and I say will they listen to them as will they will they not listen to them or or does that make their voice even that much it can be that much more powerful because they are a predominantly white sport and they are getting behind all of these movements and and standing with uh, the other sports and taking, taking a day or two off?
0: I mean, I think, you know, they they can reach people who would not be reached in a different way. And so in that sense, um, anything that they can do, I support, um, you know, I, I often do, like, I don't really feel like a lot of the white hockey players have the tools to effectively address these issues. That's true. Um, that is true. came up in a culture where, you know, they don't have those tools. So one thing I would like to see, you know, and, and hockey has to change this, it's, you know, they have to become a more inclusive culture. Um so you know, I think hiring like consultants, perfectly people of color, well, I should I mean it should be people of color mm-hmm. to kind of educate these players about how to answer these questions. I mean a lot of people are expecting them to have better answers. Right. And I don't know if it's just because I'm older and like but like I You know, and you know, again, I like looking at our politicians who I feel like we should have expectations too, but they often do not address these issues effectively. So, sure, like it's almost impossible for me to have any expectations for these white hockey players to answer these questions. So, I'm glad you know when Ryan Clark asks these questions, I think he should, but at the same time, I kind of cringe because I know that they're going to uh, stumble. On these answers, I know. <laughs> um, and
1: I, I hate so, press conferences to begin with because just it, it's cookie right. cutter questions and a cookie cutter answer. Um, yeah, and, and well,
0: like, like, hockey like, players are famously <laughs> just bland and uninterested. <laughs> right, right. Answer questions so like I, I almost don't care at all <laughs> what they. Think yeah, of. no.
1: I'm more or less on a, a post game uh, uh, press conference. I'm just interested in what nickname they're going to come up with for, you know, the 10th the nickname for a certain guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the only thing I'm really looking for. Very seldom do you get uh, a very like, wow, uh, quote, unless it's like John Tortorella or, you know, uh, even Cadre kadri's Cadre's good every once in a while for a soundbite. But yeah, most of the time it's, it's just uh, old hat rehearsed. It's not that it is. It does sound rehearsed, but uh, yeah, when you when you throw a question of race at them, it's almost like they just start like sweating and they don't know what to say. They don't know how to answer it.
0: Yeah, and, and, um, and they should. And, like yeah, and ideally, I do want them to be able to answer these questions better. But like, yeah, you know, they they need to be educated about how to answer these questions, and right. obviously, they're not like getting good enough guidance. Um, So that should be something that, you know, if the NHL is moving forward, they should, you know, they should dedicate some time to educating their players about how to answer these questions. And also really, um, you know, I don't know how much NHL players are going to be able to do about this specific issue of police brutality, Mm -hmm. but I do want to see them leading the way in changing hockey culture. You know, and setting an example—it's—it's it's probably more of an issue in like youth leagues and stuff with younger hockey players, sadly. Um, and obviously, we've heard the stories about like Akimalu and things that he had to Yeah, with. yep. Um, and that kind of thing has to end.
1: I mean, yes, <laughs> yeah,
0: that's got to no place, of, <clears throat> right? Sorry. And so, yeah, but, you know, it, it's probably going to start from the top down and hopefully this will eventually have a positive mm-hmm. impact, um, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like for me as a person of color it is anti-racism, He um, just wants to enjoy hockey just so I can, you know, keep my mind off of things right. for a bit. Uh, right, exactly. I, you know, I just want to see them not like sticking their foot in their mouth all the time. Um, I don't have like super high expectations.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. Exactly.
0: But like, you know, it, unfortunately it tends to be the case. I mean, the Avs have had, you know, some recent issues, um, Like last I can't remember exactly it must have been last year. They at one of their games they were doing a a tribute to Kendrick Castillo, who was a kid who was killed at a high school in Littleton. Okay. And in the presentation they put up a Blue Lives Matter flag, which is this it's like a black and white rendition of the U.S. flag with one blue stripe. Right. Um, and it was just like kind of this propagandistic.
1: Hmm.
0: Uh, they had this propagandistic speech about good and evil and stuff like that. And the Blue Lives Matter flag, which again, this was before George Floyd and um, there was still like the Black Lives Matter movement was still very unpopular. But you know, like that kind of thing really bugs me because when people, you know, again, that's a perfect example of what I was talking about to begin with, where like, yeah, there, there is politics in sports. There's politics that I don't want to have, want to see. And I know like the hockey operations is completely different from whatever part of the branch of the organization that's responsible for putting things like that together. Right. But you know like it, it hurts me as a, a fan who supports the Black Lives Matter, who has supported the Black Lives Matter movement a thing. To see the ads do something like that. And hmm. you know like I have to compartmentalize it and put it set it aside and just like okay. on But you know I'm tired of having to do that that
1: sort of thing. Right, right. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that and I, 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 didn't, I didn't hear about that happening. Um, right, and then wow. and, uh,
0: there was another kind of silly thing that happened recently where uh, on an Instagram post after McKinnon scored a couple of quick goals against, uh, it was against the Oh, uh,
1: yes, yes, yes. Yeah, you
0: just, I guess, I guess, you know, I'm not aware of this, but I guess one of the uh, Ways that fans spell out McKinnon's name is they'll call him Mac, Mm -hmm. capitalized K. So they put this post that said Mac back to back and capitalized K on the back to back. (laughs) You know, so. Yeah, that that was. We're looking at this and saying, you know, saying it's, oh, it's a KKK dog whistle. Like, I, you know, honestly, I'd be surprised if that was intentional just because. Like, you know, even if there's like some secret racists working for the uh, social media team, right? I don't think, that, yeah, I mean, that's a stupid thing to do that, like, right? I mean, it probably was unintentional, but at the same time, especially with the context of the uh, that Blue Lives Matter flag, which was, I think, a more insidious mistake that they made, um.
1: Right, but these are things that, you know, it's, they need to be cognizant of, you know, yeah. before I I before like, hitting send.
0: To yeah. stuck, you know, when, like, I'm an Avs fan, and, like, I, I've been kind of connecting with some of the anti-racist talking community on social media, Yeah, and, oh, they went off on that, and like, there's this post of, like... Clansman with the ABS logo on it. You know, I see that. Sure, like, sure. You know, um, it sucks to do that. I'm just you know, and that was like right after. There was, I don't know. It, I think it, it was after. Which game was that? I think they either won. Uh, that it was one of the seven to one games. Either game it was,
1: yeah, yeah. And I was
0: feeling pretty good, pretty jazzed after it, and then.
1: And then seeing that... I oh,
0: this Klansman with the Avs logo. It completely, completely, it was a complete buzz. Yeah. You know, and right. I was not happy for, like, after that, so...
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know, can understand you know,
0: why. why. You know, why can't I, like, you know... I feel like, you know, I should be able to enjoy these Avs wins and get a little mm. respect all the hell that's going on right um so yeah i I, you know i want to see the abs be more aware of these things and not put their you know people of color fans in these positions
1: yeah well and i I think a lot of it you know uh we we say change just in general needs to come from individualized communities and work out from there it's not going to come from the, the top down, so to speak. And I think that will be true for, uh, sports and sports teams. It needs to come from individualized teams doing things individually. And then it, hopefully that will grow and spread to other teams. And then, you know, before you know, it takes up the whole league. Um, as far as the statement, I just want to read the statement that the NHL came out with, Which says, after much discussion, NHL players believe that the best course of action would be to take a step back and not play tonight and tomorrow's games as scheduled. The NHL supports the players' decision and will reschedule those four games uh, beginning Saturday and adjust the remaining of the second round schedule accordingly. Black and brown communities continue to face real painful experiences. The NHL and and NHLPA recognize that much work remains. Be done before we can play an appropriate role in a discussion centered on diversity, inclusion, and social justice. We understand that the tragedies involving Jacob Blake, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and others require us to recognize this moment. We pledge to work to use our, our sport to influence positive change in society. Finally, the NHL, PA, and NHL are committed to working to foster more inclusive and welcoming environments. Within our arenas, offices, and beyond. So, um, I guess you know, like that—that's that, a statement, and and it's you know, it's it's a, a good statement. It's kind of like what you would expect, but this goes kind of what we were saying. Um, where you got to see action. You can put stuff on paper right. all day long, and you can put stuff on on your website all day long. Uh, what are you doing in the real world? to yeah
0: and yeah it's very easy to come up with a prepared statement that sounds good and I, you yeah. know I think we've seen examples of where somebody's put out a prepared statement and then their their actions later on yeah completely like right, right Logan right. Couture recently uh, yeah what the heck was that was that just yesterday man it feels like Ages ago, Don't but really, <laughs> he put out a anti racist statement. Um, after the George Floyd and kind of a statement supporting uh, uh Banner Kane, his teammate. Um, and yeah, then he yeah. has this about like being punched because he's <laughs> publicly and Trump and all this, and you know, um. Obviously, you know, people have different political perspectives, but at this point, uh, there's, like, serious – I mean, I feel like like the ethics of our race relations in this country It's gotten to the point where you're either, like, if you're genuinely against racism, you just can't be – supporting, you know, or be supportive of certain, you know, mm-hmm. political and whatnot. So, right. um, you know, it. I think I could fairly say that like that earlier statement, the earlier statement he had about racism uh, was probably disingenuous based on that. And, you know, uh, I guess he's free to like you every wants, but you know i don't think you can claim to be an anti-racist at this point mm-hmm. um and yeah it's one thing i'll say you know even though hockey culture is getting a lot of flack i don't think football culture is any better i actually think it's worse and more insidious in a lot of ways um right. Like I've encountered, like in the online communities, I've definitely encountered just as much racism in football culture, which is interesting because there's more black players in football. Um, But obviously there was the Colin Kaepernick situation. Oh yeah, right. All of this, I think, has given football more of an opportunity to show its true colors, you know, certain aspects of football culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're talking about how hockey players are really bad at, hockey players and coaches and stuff have been really bad at answering these questions. Um, NBA, some of the NBA coaches are actually quite a bit better. I mean, think that's <laughs> yeah, it's weird, but like, like Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr are probably these. <laughs> You know, some of the white people who I trust the most <laughs> talk about things over any politicians than right. anybody else. But like football coaches, on the other hand, are probably just as bad, if not worse, than well, white football coaches are probably <laughs> just as bad, if not worse, than hockey coaches. And they do have to, you know, work with more black players. And yeah, it's interesting to think about why that is. Right, right football culture that leaves it in that state you know I mean you know when you think about the fact that quarterbacks are mostly white all these skilled position players tend to be more black mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah it's true like whenever
1: yeah yeah whenever a, a black quarterback like makes it big it's, it's like a big deal and like right, why right. He, he's an athlete <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah. So there's um, a
0: weird uh, social hierarchy that within just the positions of football, I think is, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to think about. I don't, yeah, I don't know. How to yeah. Think. Well, but yeah, I definitely think that football culture is just as toxic as hockey culture. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well um, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna have to end it there, but uh, you know, this, this conversation goes on, man. And I know you and I have been, uh, emailing back and forth, like I said, for a few weeks now, I don't anticipate that stopping, um, just about these issues and just about hockey in general. Um, and you know, when, when these things happen again, and that's the sad thing is, you know, the, the, the way that our culture is right now, they're probably going to happen again. Yeah. Um, well, yeah.
0: I mean, even in the time that we've been talking, yeah, like four or five new <laughs> issues popped up. And so, yeah, yeah. Five, yeah. Four or five new issues. And
1: so, um, yeah, if you want to, uh, you know, have an open invitation to, to do this again, maybe we'll do it, you know, uh, once a quarter or something like that. Uh, I'm, I'm absolutely open to that if you would want to come back and keep, uh, yeah, keep, yeah, keep this, keep yeah, this yeah I appreciate on. you
0: having me on. And I mean, this is an important topic and so, you know, yeah. Let a you know Amir to be able to kind of have this conversation with you. I mean, it, right? I mean, we, yeah, we probably covered about 20 <laughs> of all the things. That, <laughs> yeah, maybe exactly. I mean, you know, exactly.
1: Yeah. So um, no, man. It, uh, like I said, the conversation will continue. But I thank you genuinely for for coming on and and uh, just just even scratching the surface. Uh, cause they're just conversations that need to be had. So, um, yeah, thanks for, for coming on and, uh, we'll definitely have you on again. All
0: right. Yeah. Thanks man. All I right. appreciate having All the right. pop. Excellent.
1: All right. We'll be back in a moment. Yeah. All right. So a very big thank you once again to Hari for coming on and talking about kind of what's going on in the world right now. Um, Crazy times, and you know, this what's happened is really unprecedented with all these sports kind of not playing right now. But the same breath, it's kind of necessary. But uh, I I think we will definitely have him on for another show in the future. So we're gonna wrap it up there again. Uh, sorry, this is a little bit on the long side, but we kind of knew it would be. Um, and we'll see what happens. It seems like the the avalanche will be back in action over the weekend so you know next week we'll be talking about him but you know this will obviously be in the back of our heads so it's going to be it for today and this week thank you guys for tuning in we'll see you next week and here's jovi
0: go abs go